scintillate. Time to do, 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 do duel, and I'm Kip, and let's Beyblade. It's Steph, and then whatever the fighting food on theme song is, it's David. <laughs> Something about fried rice, I'm sure. Fried ricer, yeah. Hey everybody, it's the right with me. Uh, it's episode 154, and it's our newest book club on the hit series everyone's talking about, Night's Ninety Sixes, Changer On. <laughs> I mean, people should be talking about it. They, sh- they definitely should. Yeah, I'll agree there. Hmm? So, uh, how's everyone doing with this and <laughs> our lives and our feelings? <laughs> um, well, I mean, off the off the cast, you've heard my trials and tribulations. But mm-hmm. honestly, this has been a change around has been a boon to my my mood because I don't think I laughed the entire week until I watched it last night. So that's an improvement. How are you feeling, Steph? I feel like there was a lot of uh, what the fuck moments for me, and I'm not even saying that in a negative way. There was just yeah, oh yeah, a lot of initial confusion, and some things worked out, some things didn't. Uh, but it was a ride. Well, like I said, this was a dark gamble, as in I didn't know except by reputation, and I'm so intrigued by what we're gonna like um pull from this today honestly we got so much (laughs) so much here i would like to make an announcement though so just before we start before we get like really really into it i went looking for i'm like is there like changer on like merch like other action figures was this like you know i know you're gonna say there's an action figure literally coming out tomorrow (laughs) oh shit really (laughs) yes now i'm gonna post uh it is how much is this 160 dollars usd damn so i mean i'm gonna post like a picture or two in the discord um and i gotta say it looks like a impressive figure like it looks cool um so you can just take a look at these right now it looks pretty awesome i'm not gonna lie like that is a really really awesome figure now As I'm looking through the pictures of this figure, there's a singular picture that I saw, mm-hmm. and I said, we are finishing this series once I saw that picture. <laughs> and that pic- I, have to, I have to know what the context of this is. So this is one of those things that I knew that there was context to something with Mackerel and Changer on. I don't know what. But I need to know what the context of... Because... <laughs> in in the, the the figure, its accessories are the sword, the gun, the claw. You all see, you see all three of those in like the first yeah. episode. The only other accessory is a mackerel. So I'm wondering what the fuck is going on with that mackerel. Hey, okay, fish fear him. It all maybe it, they do. It's all just leading back to the same confl- conclusion. You know how excited I was. That that his fucking secretary wasn't his sister, and then you brought back the fish. We're haunted on this podcast. 
good movies. That is what it is, you know. No, um, so I quick vibe check, Steph. Um, do you want to finish the show from what we've seen so far? Oh, one hundred thousand percent. Okay, because this show has a lot of issues and a lot of parts that left me very puzzled, but I'm very invested and I want to get in deeper and see if it leaves me more confused or if it starts answering some of these ridiculous fucking questions. So, like I said, um, the only things that I really knew was like gay mackerel cancel. That's all that I knew about this show. And so far, it's living up to it. What else would you need to know? I mean, honestly. But, mm. um... <laughs> So I had, I feel like I very accurately said, this is a dark gamble of a failed kid's dramedy. But um, there is, in case this didn't work, I did have an off-ramp for us. But instead, it could be context. Would y'all like the wider Toku context? Um, Please. Of the mm-hmm. show. Okay. Yep, definitely. All right. So um, September 11, 2001, uh, the Twin Towers were attacked in America. And this is important. Um. Is it actually? Are you just fucking <laughs> yeah, with me? No, no, no. Okay. It's like, I'm, but did that really happen? <laughs> did that really happen? <laughs> I heard something about fuel and steel beams. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying. Both sides. Both sides. I've seen some websites. The planes had Type C batteries, <laughs> and they couldn't possibly <laughs> melt. <it. laughs> Those won't melt steel beams, people. Uh, no. Um. <laughs> so September 11th, 9/11. The producers of Kamen Rider are like, whoa, we need to introduce a Kamen Rider series that features Kamen Riders that for the first time are not good people or are not misled people that become like heroes in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and introduce Kamen Rider Ryuki, which is mm-hmm. uh, the Battle Royale series um, that is one of the most famous Kamen Rider series. It is. I see where this is going. So in Kamen Rider Ryuki, there are several characters, um, including um, a the first, maybe not technically first, but one of the first um, real villains in Kamen Rider. Um, he is our boy, the main character from Chageron, plays the character, the f- first serial killer in Kamen Rider. <laughs> Interesting. Asakira. He uh, is also, I will get you uh, a picture of what he looks like in uh, in gear, but he is um, the most famous, I think, evil Kamen Rider. A couple weeks ago, they released a special, and his character was back from oh. 2002 and was teasing getting a new form to fight the multiverse. <laughs> Fun fact, though, too, is that we've already run across this man. Have we? Because he was in Common Rider Deno as well. Yes, that's what I was going to say next. Mm. In Common Rider Deno, I am born. He plays the snake from the movie who gets killed by wing form. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. That that kind of uh makes me stop wondering if I'm going crazy by thinking I'd seen him before. Okay, as an homage to the snake form he has here, and in 2016, I do remember everybody being excited. Because his villainous Kamen Rider character ate a mackerel in a special for Kamen Rider EX-8. So I don't know what the oh, mackerel thing is. Okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I guess we'll find out the context of that in this show, won't we? So, like I said, I've never lied about Chageron, 9-11, mackerel. <laughs> uh, you're, I'm still not sold on 9-11. Just 
That'd be true. It's yeah. all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. But yeah, so this actor like ends up becoming um a non-binary cosplayer's favorite character <laughs> and having his cool leather jacket and killing people. Um and yeah, that is the uh, context here for the wider uh Tokusatsu stuff here. Um but <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this show though. It is a sponsored by sega so at the same time they were doing like evangelion that makes so much sense yeah <laughs> why does that make oh sense my to god you, David? that brings so much into context about this character's design because like yes it i couldn't pinpoint what the fuck it was mom like this character looks like he's ripped out of a goddamn video game mm-hmm. there's like that ps1 ass opening like first like five seconds of cg his like design, the like transformation looks similar. He uses discs. Like it's so it's so nineties in a way that I couldn't quite pinpoint what the fuck it was. But now that I realize, oh, Sega's involved, I'm like, this makes so much sense now. What was the Sega Saturn? Was that out in ninety six? Yeah, the Sega 94? Saturn, I think it had I think it was out. Was me, this is before the Genesis? Or no, before I know by me. now the 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 yeah so the Sega Saturn came out in ninety five or no ninety four so two years prior to this okay so there was like some kid just like yeah Panzer Dragoon change your on I'm seven years old and I'm freaking out yeah possibly and I mean I think the the same year the PS one came out as well yes in December of ninety four. Also the same year that Pokemon came out. So this kid was having a wild time. He was like, yeah, oh, I love Changer on. Oh, yeah. Played Pokemon Green. Wild times. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so this is... Uh, would we say this is a 1996 uh, period piece? Because I would. Uh, oh my god, 100%, yes. 100%. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um. So I love the fucking game boy advanced style like see-through like tech stuff too it's wild it's great i love how his fucking suit looks he looks cool as shit mm-hmm. and like a good toku he looks cool and he could also look dumb and it just really depends on how you're feeling a moment because like i love these little butt cheeks on his suit i love it <laughs> <laughs> i never noticed oh well but now well. That, now that's gonna be all i see yeah, I mean, there were a couple of scenes where it kind of looked like they had just said, okay, you just defeated this guy, now pose, because he's, like, pushing it back out. And I was like, okay, this is still a kid's show. Everybody relax. Is it, though? Let's get to that in a little bit. Um, no. <laughs> I'm contradicting myself here. No. So, let's start talking about these episodes, guys, because uh, there's just yeah. so much stuff present. Um. So, yeah. Um. I'm going to, there's too much to even do it all. But um, first off, what's the first note we all had, like, on this, like, theme? Like, what did we first, like, feel here? What the fuck? <laughs> my my first note in my, in my episode notes is, oh, no, I kind of love this opening. <laughs> yeah. Immediately followed by, what the fuck is this show going to even be? I don't even know. <laughs> followed immediately by... What in all capitals with an exclamation mark and a question mark? Do you know what the what was about, or is that uh, the, the what was itself? about? Um, when they found the fucking wiener dog. 
<laughs> okay, yes. This is the eighth time you've gotten lost. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, take better care of your fucking pets, man. Come on. No, oh, wait, no, no, no. That's not what it was because I said, so this guy's a cop or a spy or a secret agent. I'm like, I don't know, but the music's kind of jamming. And they said, what the fuck? Oh, boy, this is going to be a fucking ride when they found the wiener dog. <laughs> we see this guy go through this um whole, like, warehouse, basically, with this, like, lady. And, like, he has a gun out. She pulls out her gun when they're at this door. And then he puts a silencer on his gun. He, he's also wearing sunglasses inside in the dark. Um, yep. As one does. And they go and they clear the room and they find a wiener. They're like, oh, you got away again. Why do you need a silencer, my dude? <laughs> and it's it's like a pistol that it's like a pistol that shoots a fucking net gun. Her pistol's like a lighter. Yep. It's just fucking like real like I I that is one thing that this show has done like really well. Just like it really set up an expectation as one thing and then immediately rug pulled you in the first like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And like some context is like for Toku right now, like Cumberbatch has been gone for years. There's been some movies a couple years ago. Um Metal Heroes just ending 10 years away from Garo. There's basically Super Sentai and like some weird stuff that all gets one season that this is like what of. And so like this is just like I guess we're doing something. We're like putting something out here. Yeah, it it kind of felt like it had that feel to it. Like they knew it wasn't going to be a really long running show. So it almost feels like they just kept throwing things at the wall. It feels very Wild West, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, we then get the reveal. They're very clearly private detectives. It's, they are just saving animals. Just like a trope for detective fiction in Japan. Cause like, it like also comes up in like, I'm in double. Um, but I didn't know they were detectives. Well, they're Ace Ventura. <laughs> I would totally see him being like born from like a rhino. Right. Is this like, is this like, uh, Supaidaman and Spider-Man. This is like Ace Ventura, but Japanese. Aceu. <laughs> Go, Ace. Uh, n- yes. Why not? I would love to... Could you do an American version of Changer Out or just be like the worst oh, comic? Oh, you could. You could. You 100% you could. Actually, I don't know... Mm, the, well, we'll get to the stuff that happens later in this episode <laughs> where I don't think you could. It wouldn't be nearly as funny. No, oh, though this show did catch me when there's a point where um our main character is Akira, and um his secretary is um I'm gonna say Akemi, Akemi, yeah, Akira and Akemi. This won't get confusing at all. She says, "Oh, you could marry me and come work in my family's like homestay," and like he's like, "Oh no, I'm just a." detective that's not gonna bury my secretary like yeah i love detective fiction this is the best (laughs) go on yeah don't marry your secretary awesome but yeah um his whole thing is that like he um wants to have a golf course and maids and he like comes from a long line of detectives (laughs) they get this case there's like students disappearing from the school and there's like five missing third graders and the principal and a teacher show up that's the wrong people to show up for this right yeah like, why aren't you going immediately to the police? Yeah, why are you going to a detective agency? None, nothing about that made any sense. I think there are word enough things on the wall so they can go to the police. That's possible. Mm. It's possible. It's possible. And uh, his car is an old green Citron, and I love it. It's a yes. perfect car. Yeah, for sure. 
I love that, like, <laughs> I love that there's a gag, right, when they, the the teacher, Miss Izumi, I think is her yes, name, yeah. and the principal come, and they're like, hey, listen, um, you know, they show up, and he's like, what's missing? Cats? Dogs? <laughs> he just asked, what, what are you missing? And they're like, actually, there's like, you know, five five children missing. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, you know, we're like super busy, aren't we, Akemi? And she like looks at the machine <laughs> and types it up and then she goes, and like the whole, like their whole schedule, it just says completely like empty. empty. Yes. <laughs> and like huge kanji in the middle of the screen. She's like, we're full. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing we've watched has actually been a comedy like this. So it's very funny just to like see it go for it. And it's so weird that it, like it, I don't know how the show is this funny, honestly. Yeah. But it works. It's so funny. Yeah. It it feels like it almost feels at times like it's not sure but it wants to be because it also has a lot of like really melodramatic like soap opera like moments. Um honestly, but it still like plays everything in a way that uh, I'm with David. I don't know if they were intentionally trying to be as funny as they have been, but it, it's working. <laughs> No, no, no. There is a something that happens at the end of episode one where I was like, okay, I see this is a 100% a comedy. <laughs> and you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, Steph, but also I've never seen a show that more knows what it wants to be. Like, besides like Andor that I'm watching right now, which wants to be the first incredible Star Wars TV show. This is like, <laughs> this is wild. This is like a wow. great. I'm just saying, it's not a hard. You're not list. wrong, but wow. But I have never seen a show that knows what it wants to be more than Changer on. It just has to pretend it's not a little bit. But no, um, I love that the next gag is that he substitute teaching and the fifth graders say he's too dumb and the third graders say <laughs> he's too has dumb. To keep going to like, <laughs> he keeps going down a grade and then like the first graders still say he's too dumb. <laughs> and then like he's in like kindergarten when he's like, ah, yes. This is right. And he like is at Reese's like, oh man, these kids are really mean. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see um a, a couple of um, like plots start to advance. Like the, the like vice principal is like watching a girl cleaning up. She's like a crass rep or something, or like a like just like girl like Yeah, like the class leader or president or something. And then we see um <laughs> this guy with a pipe Munkata. And I love Dr. Bukata's fucking pipe. It's so funny every time. He just has his pipe and he has to act with it. It's great. I yeah. immediately nicknamed him Young Gonzo. <laughs> I don't know if he has enough swag to be a Gonzo, but he definitely... This is, this is canonically, this is what Gonzo did before he went to go work for Taiga and uh, the rest of the Garo crew. This is what he did. I'm here for it. Just every series, like, oh, it's the younger Gonzo. We have to find the next one. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> he, he's, that's why he's so good at being a butler. He's, he's like, that's his backstory, right? He's had so many jobs. That's why he's just good at everything. Or it's like a Benjamin Butler thing where he's like reverse aging to these Tokyo shows. Oh, he gets younger. <laughs> and he just like nodding with his pipe as some like motorcycle guys like show up to escort this truck that has some crystals in it. To which I wrote, "Okay, wait, fucking crystals." Yeah, yeah. I was a little. Like, taken that was my note. That. And I was like, "Okay, so there's like a secret lab with jerk off crystals and an MRI machine. Like, what's going on? And like, why? Why was? Uh, what's his name? Hayami. Hayami. 
Why the fuck did Hayami smile so fucking weirdly after he got out of that MRI machine? Right? <laughs> this dude is my favorite. Hayami's great. He, yeah, yeah he is. But great. he does have some weird moments. So he's like the perfect specimen. He's like in perfect shape or whatever. He's like, I'm leaving this like machine to show that I'm perfect to become changer on. That's supposed to be him. And then, of course, like things intersect. Like the um, Akira's like outside the school, and he's like trying to follow this kid. And then, like, um, she gets sucked up by this ring, and he's like, "Oh, what's up?" There's just like weird foggy egg room. And then, dude, he straight up gets Persona Ford. Yeah, he gets sucked into like the extra dimensional murder dimension, where all the the hidden murder bodies are. And like nets attack him, he gets thrown back into reality into his car. He's like, "Oh, that was uh, weird." Uh, under his car, yeah. And then like the like convoy gets attacked, and like um, the driver screams, "Dark side!" And then like, <laughs> <laughs> to which I said, "I was like, I was like, that's a legal battle waiting to happen." Like I'm just like, you you don't want to, you don't fuck with DC. <laughs> it's taking them too long, and like, right, fair enough. I would love to be like, <laughs> they're going to get litigious about a 1996. <laughs> Let's make an edit where the guy screams fucking like Steppenwolf. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. Here's my new villainous like team, Steppenwolf. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> Steppenwolf, super guy. I'm here for it. I want that t-shirt. <laughs> Echolocation man. Oh no, it's like laser I-beam planet ruler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wonder Lady. Wonder Lady. That sounds like a really bad, like, Archie Comics, like, girl detective or something. Yeah, like a horrible spinoff that was always meant to just uh, make fun of those emotional females. She has a mole that looks like a question mark, and she's a woman? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, But no, uh, so then... The truck rolls down a quarry and halfway through explodes, just like going down a incline. As one does. <laughs> Previous to this, Akira is also outrunning a full speed truck. <laughs> Correct. He's like in front of the truck, like full on outrunning the truck, which is impressive. And doing that like cartoon character thing too, where he's just kind of like looking around. <laughs> Big hands. Yep. <sighs> I have to make a comment because I noticed it immediately. What is with the stock tink sound effect when the car is falling down the cliff and exploding? Yeah, it's really underwhelming for, like, what the actual action happening is. It's like, tink, it's tink, just tink. falling down the cliff. Tink, 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 and then it blows up. Uh, and the car then explodes again when it hits the ground and showers up in crystal juice. It's all the stored off jerk off power from the crystals. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, we don't even got to the jerk off power of the show, but <laughs> okay. Oh, and then like he's attacked by this monster that's like a weird like Venus flytrap white clay monster, and like he like flashes to change her on and punches it, and then wakes him in the hospital. Yep. And a couple days later, like um, when he wakes up, like he's stopped by Psydoc, and um. They say, oh, we have to save the world. I was like, I don't care about world peace. <laughs> I just want to live my life, bro. That was one. Chill out. <laughs> and it's great. Um, but they have his crystal power. And they're like, uh, let's follow him. And then um, 
We then see um, that this girl that is just trying to clean up like a bunch of like faucet stuff gets attacked by this man right as Kira shows up and punches him. And then they're like, he's not a monster. And they're like, okay, just a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Stop. He's not a monster. This man is merely a pedophile. Leave him be. That was such a bizarre just scene entirely. (laughs) My first thought was not one of these adults is going to do anything about this. I do love like Akira, who's like the most like just assholish of the group is like, huh? What do you like? He's a pedophile. What are you talking about? Right. (laughs) There's like, I'll leave him alone. He's the only one that like sees the situation clearly and is like, okay, so maybe he shouldn't be an educator. Like, yeah. Anybody want to float this idea? <laughs> and like, I love that. Um, he just like completely like this man is just dressed up like a villain in the show, which means like you're wearing like leather gloves, like a leather outfit, which is also what the main character is wearing minus the gloves. Oh, it's kind of like uh-huh. weird. We're gonna talk about those fits at the end of the the fucking episode, my man. His like default fit of leather pants and pants? leather vest, yes. and then a shirt underneath. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh but no. Um then they find that the teacher now has weird vampire plus fangs and like grabs the student. <laughs> I love it. Went down to Spirit Halloween and bought some <laughs> fake fucking vampire teeth. And uh, this is going to come up later, but can we talk about the fact that Akira has the absolute worst taste in women? Just like Yes. This this is pretty consistent with him to just think that a girl is the best thing ever and then oh no shit, she's uh wearing fake vampire th- fangs. Biting the hell out of a child. He tastes woman like a dog tastes the wind. Just like puts his tongue out the window. Just... <laughs> That's actually really spot on. I can't even argue with it. Yeah, like I made an old timey like uh, my catchphrase there. But yeah. Can, um, can anyone explain to me why he just yelled Kyo! for some reason? Because <laughs> I have that written down in my notes as just Kyo! for some reason. Maybe he was just trying things out see what works for him. He was scared. She was also not his type. And like he asked her, oh, are you a child lover? <laughs> She's like trying to eat this child. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, remember, for kids. <laughs> oh, man. Don't this trust is... your teachers, kids. They could turn on you at any moment just like this. I'm like LL Cool J at like, the start of a song. Be like, man, you're crazy with this one, Rick. Just like... <laughs> I mean, who's the real monster? The monster or the pedophile? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then he teleports to a forest. Yes. Um, Inexplicably. Not not sure how. uh, That caught me off guard. I was like, was he not just in like a science room like a minute ago? And then he's in a forest. I'm I'm glad you questioned that too because I really felt like, did I look away from my screen for a second or something? Because I do tend to watch these while I'm quote unquote working. And so I was like, oh, God, did I, like, go to check an email and miss this transition? And then I rewinded it, and I was like, no, sure didn't. In Comrader Eukseid, um, their belts can, like, change their stage and their location. And that's the only time I've ever seen anybody explain how in Tokusatsu fights they go from, like, warehouses and, like, buildings to, like, the forest randomly. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, happens. And then, like... Akira's getting his ass kicked and the pipe guy shows up with a box and says you need to scintillate your your brain your brain like it's been showered in crystals 
And then with this chan virus, you control your power. Kira just looks at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Well, if somebody ever walked up to me and said, I need you to scintillate anything, I'd be like, okay, I need an adult. What the I fuck is happening here? I have an adult. I have a pipe. Don't you know? <laughs> but we skip the scene. Yes. That that solidified to me that this was a comedy was after they got to the forest, the fucking dog yes, from yes. the start of the fucking mm-hmm. episode shows up and the evil fucking monster just full send kicks this fucking dog. <laughs> Akira says, oh, a puppy? And then the dog's <laughs> right there gets kicked. He goes, <laughs> And they show the puppy doing wire foo. It's so good. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It killed me. The dog is honestly the real hero here. I want that as an animated gif. <laughs> oh, I can make that for you. <laughs> Please do. It's yeah. so funny. Matt! <laughs> <laughs> And just, I love it because it's just like, he has this wild visor, which no kid would want. Nope. And then he's like, is that a puppy? Hey, it's a dog. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> and he has to scintillate and he becomes Changer Rod. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And that is just, there's nothing better than just, <laughs> oh, a puppy? Ah! It was, it was at that point I knew, I'm like, no. Like, this is, like, if this is the first episode, it's going to be like this the entire way. Which is why we have to, we have to finish this series. This episode has so much work to do to establish characters and, like, plot beats that it kind of can't go off the rails as the other episodes do, though. And it's wild to think about that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and then they fight. And the fights are, like, the least issue part of the show. No offense. He just has a sword. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they are. Yeah, yeah, and actually, through a lot of these episodes, I kind of felt that way. Which honestly, um, they're very like '90s. Like if you watch like a lot of like the Power Rangers movie or like the Giver movies or like any weird like monster wirefu stuff, they're these like heavy like fights with like a squelching sound and like not much yep. like mm-hmm. you know. It, it's funny you mentioned Giver because I have that in my notes that. I said that this suit is pretty amazing. It looks like a crystal Giver. Like, that's the vibe yeah. it gives me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his finisher is an Apple II animation. His finisher is he summons a fucking stand from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to shoot a <laughs> hole in a dude's chest. Yeah, like a like weird screensaver. I'm, I'm here for it, honestly. It looks great. Yeah. For 96? Yeah. And, like, when he wins, he's like, I'm unbeatable. I'm super lucky. My boring life is over. My rosy life's at full speed. He's just like, yeah, I'm a superhero now. Yeah, he, he just accepts it without any thought whatsoever. I, that's one thing I enjoy about his personality. He's just like, yep, I'm Superman now. And you can't tell him otherwise. And the whole crew is, like, super shook. They're like, this guy's changer on. Like, the pipe guy's, like, pipe falls out. Young Gonza. <laughs> yeah, you know it's serious when he lets that pipe go. And, um... What do we think of the, like, Dad Beach ending song? It's okay. It's got nothing on the theme song, though. Somebody loves. <laughs> I do I do love the theme. I actually, like, after five episodes, I'm already, like, in love with the theme song. Yeah, I like the theme song a lot. Uh, as far as, like, the closing music, I feel like I kind of uh, got 
high standards after the closing music for Garo because I enjoyed that so much. So it's it'll probably be a while before a series can top that for me. What series? What theme song is better for you, David? Um, the Garo theme with Change or something. <laughs> oh, that's a tough God. call. You know what? It's it. You think it would be, but no. It's it's definitely the Jam Project Garo song. Okay. I like this this song. Yeah, but it it has nothing on like when that jam project fucking song came on for the first time. I was like, fuck, yes. Yeah, that's when I couldn't help but get hype every time like I was starting a new episode. I never skipped that opening song for that reason, because it was just it was. Yeah, it it evoked a lot of feeling and I appreciated that. Like, it's just it's just like it's bombastic Mm -hmm. and it's great. And then the the fucking chanting every time it ends. Ugh. Yes. Do we know what the instrument in the like theme song is though? Because I can't place it. I'm like, is that like a fucked up scimitar? Is that like a ukulele? What's going on? In in the change around theme? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like I... a synthesizer. Honestly. It could be, maybe. Maybe it's like some weird thing like the uh what is it called? You know that instrument you play with your 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 hands to interrupt like uh, like magnetic fields and shit. Okay, yeah, like yeah. A theremin. Oh, theremin, yeah. It could be like a weird. It could be like a theremin put through a synthesizer or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's a very '90s thing to do. <laughs> I'll be honest. Honestly, like, um, if I ever don't know what something is, it's just like, oh, that's that, yeah, that's probably a theremin. Yeah, a theremin. You know, who's gonna argue with you for the most part? Most people probably don't know what the fuck a theremin exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> no, honey, your cat like didn't just go in the woodshed, but that was like a theremin playing. It's wild. <laughs> just you know. <laughs> I don't know who kicked your dog, but I was I'll about, find out. I was about to say I don't know. Oh, look, a theremin. <laughs> yeah, that theremin kicks the shit out of your cat. I I tried to stop it, but I was too late. Ah, uh, two coins for the theremin on your eyes. Anyways. I'm so angry that I understood like all the layers of reference you had just there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> that's the real villain here, the therapist. But no, episode two, Twinkle Twinkle My Little Brain, is the most logically written episode of any show I've ever seen. I just, everything made perfect sense. <laughs> Everybody acted. <laughs> so, first, um, we see the generals get resurrected and there's like a cool crab Clive Barker, like monster dude. There's like a weird, like bag face, like bird guy. There's like a fat little like lizard and they're just like, hanging out. <laughs> they're just, the lo- <laughs> they're back. That's why I said. I'm like, <laughs> I love that a group of fucking evil monster dudes is just having a chat in a fucking boardroom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And why the fuck are they whispering? And the whole Psyduck team was like, hey, you have to be changed on and like join the fight for justice. He's like, no, I just want to enjoy life and I'll leave defending the world to you. I don't care about world peace. Yeah. He essentially just looks at him and says, I'm good. Yeah. Um, in the cover trip scene, uh, the like crabby Clive Barker ones, like his like eye cover he's coming, like we see his eyes. He's just like this weird dude. I love these designs. Like every monster's wild. Like there's like a favorite monster coming up, but. <laughs> everyone's cool um they turn into old men to infiltrate the world and then we see the hero yeah <laughs> well that's why i said i'm like 
What a perfect cover. Old fucking salary men. <laughs> I mean, it honestly does make sense. I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and <laughs> like, it was just I mean, too perfect. Yeah. It's a very good cover. Uh, but then we go back to Akira, who takes out a ton of money from the bank, who's coming to get money back for him, and goes shopping, <laughs> rents a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. It's like, uh, that whole thing was so stressful. Did they ever explain where he got this money from? The bankers were there to get his money back. He's like, oh, I'm Superman. Don't worry. Give me more money. Yeah, I think the implication ah, was that he talked them into giving him a huge loan in addition to all the debt he was already in, which I was like, they should be fired. And then, of course, a shoe store starts to tremble as an eye falls out of a shoe and a guy with a Star of David tattooed on his cheek opens a new shoe store in town. Mm. I, I would buy shoes from that man. He seems reputable. This is the most Sailor Moon-ass plotline I've ever seen. This guy. <laughs> yeah. He does look like a Sailor Moon villain. Yeah. I didn't realize that till you said it, but yeah, 100%. Well, and he kind of acts like one the entire time, too, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. It was very consistent. English equals evil. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And then there's a lady who's making the biggest technical foul that we all should know about. Never walk under those weird Japanese like sectional overpasses where like it goes from like square of like building to square of not building. That's always where you die. Mm. It's like Murder Alley, right? We mentioned last time um, how there's that Japanese myth of like the like axe and one silver, one gold. And like you have to like be honest. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another like Germanic myth that like they love Japanese media is like the like dancing shoes and like here her shoes like bring her up the wall and like pull her away she can be pulled by her feet <laughs> and it's great it's just very like good chaos energy here it's just weird right like yeah. it's, it's always not weird and then like um we have this scene where um kira and kemi flirting after lunch and then that's when Ari shows up and says please come fight with us and like help because like having me trained so long and he needs you to defend the earth in this place. And then like he's like, I'm a joking type, but I hate serious people. So she kicks his car, breaks her shoe. Then Hayabi shows up and is like, he doesn't understand his feelings. He's self-centered, insolent, thoughtless bastard who will never love and will never be loved by anyone. It's like, damn, dude. I damn, know. dude. That felt really harsh. You know, it's just. Is he wrong, though? No, no, he's not wrong. Well, I guess technically he is wrong if we get to episode six. But, you know, you know, I think it's just a way. His love language, I think. Sure. But then he goes to the Cats and Roses shoes to buy some new shoes for Aerie. When he gets shown up by Akira, who's like, don't buy one shoe for a lady, buy many shoes. And like, yeah, you fucking bozo. <laughs> Everybody knows that. And then the two are talking. And like Aerie's like, it's okay. Let's fly away like bugs in summer. She like does a little tap dance, but keeps dancing and gets thrown in the air and taken I mean, if you're just going to just tap dance out of nowhere, isn't that what you kind of have to expect? And what happens to her when she gets to the shoe dimension, guys? Because it's... Ugh. <laughs> you want to take this one, Steph? It was, it was a little bit stomach-turning for me, I'll just be honest. Okay, well, he, um, she gets to this, like, tree of woe that's, like, sucking life force from all these people, and then the, like, Star of David dude shows up, with a porcelain white shoe with like a spoon around it 
and like he feeds her slime to <laughs> fatten her up. Yeah. And that's good horror right there. Just making something unsettling. Yeah, especially when he follows it with, and then I'm going to eat you. I don't think this is giving the effect that you were hoping for there, Star David guy. And then um, we see that Kira gambling and tells Akemi, who's in a very cute romper, um, hey, like there's more women in the world and you can leave. She does, but then gets got. And then also the second she leaves, he like, has an internal freak out like oh god i said too much yeah so he tries to go to the shoe store and, and his bar she's like what do i got to do here so he decides he needs a cross dress this is the most chaotic set of scenes in any toku we've watched so god, far it was so fucking funny, it was though. i i am with david i was like laughing my ass off the entire time it was chaotic in all the best ways and you know in the writers room one of the writers was like okay and then because we've written ourselves this corner, they have to like both cross dress. I was like, oh, really, dude? Like, what corner did you write into? The like shoe monster corner? <laughs> but yeah, uh, he comes in and gets like hit on by the like Star of David guy because he's like, oh, you're my type. He's like, actually, my type's that lady over there with those sexy legs. Then like he comes over. <laughs> it's also Hayami cross dressing. Hayami immediately clocks him, but he doesn't clock Hayami as he follows him outside to harass him losing his cover entirely and like he's like oh like great legs and all this stuff and they start to fight outside and this dad shows up was like cross-dresser fight that was <laughs> i had already been laughing but when he screamed that out i like i had to keep from falling out of my chair i was laughing so hard i was not expecting that and just so the funny. pure joy of that entire scene i i couldn't get past it probably one of my favorite scenes that we watched like this Japanese dad from like an REI commercial shows up in his orange vest <laughs> and just like the fight. Uh, and then they get pulled away by their shoes and the dad's just like, oh the trousers just got grabbed to another dimension. <laughs> They're like, well, that's weird. <laughs> oh well, let's go get dinner, honey. Yeah. And then the like we see the monster form of a this monster, and it's incredible. It's like this fat gorilla, big armed predator with like shoe chin yep what it's so weird it's so weird but it's great yeah i i thought we couldn't get any weirder than the last monster but continued watching of the series made me realize that i can't have expectations for these monsters because they do just keep getting more and more strange as we go along my favorite one's a little bit later yeah same no uh but this so this monster is like just like shoe heels making a crown like the Statue of Liberty, just like mm-hmm. shoes on like the like face, just totally wild. And um, it like throws shoes at them. And then later on, like once he becomes once he becomes changer on, um, he like makes shoes turn into larvas and throws them at him and they explode. I'll be honest, it's if we hadn't so gotten um, one of the monsters that we do in a couple more episodes, this guy probably would have been my favorite because it was so wildly unexpected. And I found this entire episode so entertaining and him as a monster was just brilliant. He probably would have been who I said was my favorite. And we get um, when there's another shining attack and like another like win. Um, Kira says, I won. I just knew I'd win because he's like a he's basically like an SNK character. which like whatever he's saying or whatever, just to like be like, ah, yes, here's my catchphrase. And it's great. Because he totally would do that. He's that self-absorbed. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
Mm-hmm. And the episode ends uh, by maybe saying, I've gained some small respect for your resolve. And then a club music remix of the theme plays, as Akira says, and I've learned you look so fucking good in this dress. Put it back on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no homo. <laughs> no, I think Cho homo. Yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> for sure. And for a lot of, like, small scenes in this show, yeah, I kind of think that they're the real love story of this series. My one-piece insert, Cho D homo. <laughs> Well, isn't it like the very first episode he grabs his face and he's like, you're so hot-blooded. And I was like, calm mm-hmm. down, sir. This is a Wendy's. I forgot to say it because like it s- stops being even as subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right all up in your face. And then Hakemi says, man, Hayami is the worst. I'm like, why? And then the best thing happens as a bunch of bakers are like, please, we have to kill our families. We don't give this money back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly, David. I was like, oh, yeah. maybe that's just his expression. I was like, nope. Nope. Not even. I was hoping. But no. Uh, and now, of course, let's go to episode three. We're only three episodes into a six episode I, stint. And I here. love that like, every time we start a new one, all three of us have to laugh a little bit because we remember what happened and we can't. What happened in the episode? Exactly. We're like, oh, yeah. like in the series is so fucking insane. We're all just like, <laughs> we're actually making good time and we're all super engaged. We know that we every beat of this episode compared to even Garo. So I don't know. I think the show's <laughs> got true. us. That's true. Maybe we were just ready for something completely insane by this point. Yeah, uh, but episode three, a lot of brides. Uh, it's true, yeah. A lot of them. This is a couple. More than two. This, That's a lot. This was another one that I, I thought that monster was going to be my favorite and then got topped later on. So I, I <laughs> there's a lot that happens here, too. A cowboy boots guy approaches a Western style wedding. <laughs> and man, I bet they wish they had some eggs around to give them away. Uh, those hadn't been invented yet (laughs) man they hadn't invented eggs in 96 well no 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 i just anti-cowboy eggs specifically okay (laughs) i thought pokemon came out and like showed them what eggs were and then they well you well you know they it's they're they're an item out of time right you know there's some time jink hijinks going on there i mean that would have been perfect you almost said time jinx they're like I don't want to be a time Jew again. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> nope, that's something else. Yeah. Uh, something else entirely. J-U as in Kaiju, everybody. But no. Um... <laughs> I don't want to be anti-timetic. Oh, nice. So the bride disappears. And then we see three clients for Akira as their three husbands-to-be. And he's like, oh, I'll ask the age and like height. It's like, oh. 22, 95 pounds, and... Oh my god, that third guy, though. 38, 5'11", 198 pounds. Big D-cup! <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps apologizing, and he's just like, well, I like older women. And then he's like, well, she's got D-cups. Like, I'm not apologizing for that. He just keeps apologizing. Like, oh yeah, sorry, my wife is tall and old and heavy and has big tits. I'm not going to apologize for that. And the other guys just, like, keep turning their heads and snickering, and I'm just like, well, he was clearly happy with her. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody relax if that's his type. You know, everybody's got to love somebody. 
just a little weird guy to make sure that the first part of the show is like weird enough for the quota, I think. It kind of feels like it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And like he almost doesn't take their jobs because he like is like, ah, I'm a superhero. Small jobs aren't for me. But like then he hasn't been paying Kemi or Meg the parfait deliver, which is like a weird sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> Meg the parfait deliverer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's weird that like, well, I guess it isn't weird considering the context, but it is strange that uh, finding out that he is in debt to the parfait deliverer, it affects him worse than anything else. There's no world where that is not like a like more sinister thing than it sounds like, I feel like. Yeah, right. exactly. It definitely a euphemism for something. And uh, then we see the three generals like eating at one of those like Japanese like turntable style yeah, things. Yeah, they're, they're like a turntable. They're like at a like Chinese dim sum place. I got so hungry watching <laughs> these couple of scenes too, just to be perfectly honest. Like I kept feeling like I could smell the food in the air and I, I was kind of <laughs> depressed that they left the food scene so soon. <laughs> It's so fucking dumb. They just have like the ch- the fucking camera on the lazy Susan, and they're spinning it around as they just go. Ha, 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 that, that was one hundred percent like a money saving move, wasn't it? That like they found one 100%. table that they could like f- afford to fill up with food one time, and they were like, "Keep the camera on it for four hours." Like we're not even fucking around right now. Oh, it's fucking funny. One of them says their palate is too delicate for pork, and they only eat human. And then like goes to grab the monster hand for their waitress, but instead just the human hand. She's like, oh, he was trying to grope me. Ha ha ha, old men. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like the uh, the uh, pedophile vice president thing all over again. Like, nobody's going to say anything about this. Oh, man. Uh, and then, like, um, the Lee general's like, hey, don't be so hasty. Remember our motto, slow it in secrecy, which is a like good motto, I guess. I get- There's a better one coming up in episode yeah. four. Then we transition to um, Hayami shows up and is like, you're too young to get married, Akira. I'm so sad. You're a war. You can't get married. Yeah, that dude seems to like have some issues with anything that isn't fighting people. So it, that's the first real insight you kind of get into his psyche around that, I think. So a lot of people like watch a lot of Japanese media and like Toku and like anime. So like, man, I think these boys are gay. And like, oh, this is the only relationship that I like can feel. And like part of that might be like, oh, like maybe only the two boys in Naruto were like characters enough to be like shipped or something. But like here, it's not even subtext like that. It's like he's like pushing like he gets grabbed by Akira into a wall where their lips are like inches away. He's like, oh, don't worry. I'm not getting married. And like he tells him, oh, yeah, hit me as much as you want, Akira, until you're yeah. satisfied. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of moments like that. And I think that's something that we've talked about in like almost every show we've watched is that it, there seems to be something about uh, the Japanese shows that at least the ones I've watched where that always seems to be like an underlying implication that's never really talked about. This show so far has had the most like blatant use of it that I've ever seen, like with all their really close intimate moments and neither of them like really being serious about anybody else it, it it's a lot mm-hmm. and um that's where we find out that it's actually a like ploy and then like it's like a whole thing to like get out this uh bride snatcher and then like the girls fight because i guess that's what girls do yeah, yeah. what girls do they're like you're too young like we want you 
Then we get a great scene where it turns out that Mr. Bukata is making a bunch of robots, but doesn't have the money for real, like, cores. Yeah, I I think that that's kind of the first indication that we get that, like, despite how he carries himself, he's actually working on a project that isn't being funded. So he, like, he starts the show in this very authoritarian role, and, you know, you automatically assume that he's extremely well-respected and everything. And then you start to, like, put together that, oh, maybe a lot of people actually think he's crazy. And, like, he, like, gets, like, let like, us, like, torn into by this guy, like, puts, like, some gum on his computer, and he's like, you got no money. Ha ha ha. We don't like you. Yep. That guy won't be evil in the future. Yeah. Yeah, that won't come up. And then we cut to a, like, YMCA side, is now it's the wedding of, like, Eri and uh, Akira, and then... Like, right where they think they're getting, like, struck, it's actually next door for a similar-looking couple, which is a great gag. I thought so, too. Kemi says, ah, oh, the bait must be bad. <laughs> what the hell does that I, mean? I, I, I couldn't help feeling like that was a double entendre, and I, I'm probably wrong, because it is technically supposed to be a kid's show, but I was just like, that's a really, really convenient way to phrase that. I'm wondering if it's like you're 25, that's too old or something like that, you know? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's how that works. <laughs> uh, and then um, we see the monster, like this like weird, like thorny dude, like I love women. And then Akira is in the street, just like harassing some women. And then Aya becomes to stop him. And then he's like, oh, it's f- like for the plan. And like, you should flirt too. So then like, like do this like stop motion, like, public tv like <laughs> black and white scene of him teaching him how to flirt i i will say though that spoiler alert this episode is when Hayomi became one of my favorite characters because i never now will not be able to um see an attractive person walking by and not go hey miss pudding i i feel like that's my destiny yeah come eat some pudding with me you can't get a better come on or pickup line than that. I mean, because that's just like a like Dragon Quest, ah, uh, your boobs or whatever, like yeah, come jiggle thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Hey, Miss Pudding, come eat pudding with me. It, see, it's just it rolls off the tongue. It's so smooth. Perfect, perfect. There's this great line where um, Kira says, "It's impossible. We haven't been able to pick up even one." <laughs> <laughs> Then he meets Meg the Parfait Deliverer and is like, hey, can you help me? And then he has six different women that are all her friends and like her. And it's like, this will definitely get the guy. He's got to want this bait. I was also very confused because it seemed like the marriages were like meant to be this deeply religious ceremony. Was there a time period when someone within the church would have married one man and six women? Well, let me tell you about the unification. Please church. do. <laughs> I was hoping you would have this answer for me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is not a traditional Japanese wedding as far as, I, you know. I didn't think so either, but I didn't want to make assumptions because I know how ignorant I am of other cultures. So, Have you ever heard of the unification church or the Moonies, as they're probably better known in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, actually, I think, uh, Kip, what was the show that we watched where you and I actually talked about that? 
I th- oh, fuck. I think we might have talked about it offline because one of the actresses from one of the series that we watched was like associated with yes. it or a deep member of it or something. Yeah, they're just like straight up a weird cult. Yeah. They would okay. definitely do that. In fact, they have done that. Go look it up. It's weird. Okay. Yeah, no. Um, There was somebody who like left show business in like some way. Yeah, like I remember this now. Yeah, I can't remember um, what it was. I remember like after we had the discussion, I went on Wikipedia and did kind of a deep dive on the religion in general and found it really interesting. But I wish I could remember who she was or anything. <laughs> yeah. So they're like that, David, though. They're like, a, hey, local, very, yeah. Um, and then this really low-key funny point is like, who's the culprit? And they finally point, is it the guy with a big tooth on his ear? Couldn't be. My whole thing was, how did they not notice that there was someone that they didn't know in this very small crowd? Like, to me, he kind of should have stood out like a sore thumb, because... I'm sure there are some people who do that, but how regular regular is it for strangers to go to another stranger's wedding? So, like, people that go to the opera, like, they pay the opera, and they, like, just go to whoever shows up. It's, like, the same thing. Like, I pay for my YMCA oh. membership. I'm going to all the weddings. Makes sense. <laughs> Could that be it? <laughs> Maybe. But they had, like, three different weddings with, like, people showing up. So unless they hired extras, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that was another thing that I thought was strange. Like, they were kind of treating the whole wedding scenarios almost like Vegas weddings. Like, you pay your money and then you just walk up and you're like, okay, next. It it was just, it was very strange. Yeah. Um, We get the next toy, the CG pen that can shoot lasers and tell if somebody's a, like, dark side. And um, and then um, the dude beats up the, like, two women and then like he's found by here who's like i understand you but i have to kill you <laughs> i too want all of the women in the world to be my wife i get it i mean that's fair and um the narration when he transforms actually like very like metal hero like space sheriff gavan style was like old japanese man's like oh then and like in this instant, his whole body has crystal power, and like he changes. I kind of yeah, it. I do too, and and that's exactly why because we did watch a couple of episodes of Gavin at some point, and I had that exact same thought. Like I recognize this, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that. But he combines his weapons, and he makes a new weapon, and then he shoots pieces off of him, and then like he like bleeds glitter when he dies, and it's like oh man. <laughs> In the end, um, see that Hayami is still trying to pick up some women, and then um, all six brides will be like, "Hey, Akira, who are you gonna kiss?" And then he's like, "Ah, I don't know." And then, cause like the subject is for cowards, he then runs into Hayami instead, and then <laughs> the episode ends. I don't feel like that was the subtext, though. I feel like the subtext was, "Oh, all these beautiful women want to kiss me." Let me go find my himbo, <laughs> and that's who I'm gonna run <laughs> off with. <laughs> that kind of that kind of solidified it for me. Like, okay, neither one of them was actually trying that hard to attract girls. And then I think we might be getting to the episode that I'm sensing might have our favorite monster design. Uh, episode four. Um, <laughs> ah, friendship. Ah, heartless. Oh, so. 
a kid trades old newspaper for toilet uh -huh. paper and is very excited when he gets a free third roll. He's like, yeah, I'm going to use this right now. Runs home and uh, like runs into, runs into... Poor Hayami. Just poor Hayami. Oh, my God. This was such a brutal episode for him. And he's just such a sweet little jock that I, I just felt bad for him the entire time. And they get attacked and like all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, ha ha. Like he gets put in jail. Then we also see that like the three helper scientists like have to leave due to lack of funds for Munkata. So it's like everyone's coming back for like Psyduck. And like Munkata shows up and is like, I'm above you to this cop. And it doesn't work. Yeah, uh, understandably. Like we just watched everybody who worked for you quit because you haven't paid them in six months. Like you can't pretend that you're still an authority at this point. Yeah, no, but um, then Akira shows up and is like, ha 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 ha, you're in jail because you attacked this kid <laughs> and I'm not going to help you. Oh, you'll pay me? I'll help you. And then we see the this toilet paper monster like, attacked this like, random couple. And this design, who wants to talk about it? I'm going to leave this one up to David. Because <sighs> okay. this is a lot. So, yeah. um, How the fuck do I even describe this? Well, first off, he starts as like, an old man, just like the most generic, like old Gigi son who like works at like the paper recycle factory. He's got like a mustache, you know, a cap. And then he like transforms by, by, I wonder how they did this in the actual show because they must've just like put like paper on the fucking ground and had a giant fan and just blew it at him. But he turns into this like fucking like swirly paper monster that just has a cape made of toilet paper. And he looks kind of like, if you imagine a, like, a conch shell shape, mm -hmm. but made of, like, recycled paper, and then he has, like, a Mega Man arm buster, but it's also made of paper, it's fucking weird. But he's a great design, and it looks so dumb, and I love it. Yeah, I'm with you. And I actually really like, too, that, like, if you walked up to someone on the street and you were trying to describe a toilet paper monster, you'd probably assume that that villain would be like really weak and easy to defeat he absolutely gives our hero a run for his money here i think for the first time since he's uh -huh. been able to transform so i thought that even though it was like good point steph it, it was a silly character because obviously he's a toilet paper monster but i think that the fact that they used such a silly concept and made him difficult for the hero to defeat really was a great way to kind of like offset the silliness a little bit or, or maybe add to the silliness. I don't know. I just found it highly entertaining. So super good point, Steph. Um, in the chat, I'm putting a, a picture of the first monster to beat the, the first Kamen Rider. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that is Ica Devil. Huh. I, I'm sensing some similarities here. Yeah. yeah, that's similar. And also just to like further that, um, here's the dude he transforms from. But slightly different vibe, but not that different. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> sick. That guy's yeah. got a fucking sick. Yeah, cape. I kind of want that cape. His name is Doctor Shinigami. So you know he's there. He's good. Ah, uh, he's a hundred percent. He's legit. Know. But no. Uh, so definitely getting those vibes here though. And um, Akira like gets arrested by some cops going by. Like, why are you holding these people that are on the ground? You must be it. And then he also gets like um paraded by. Ayabi, when he takes his CG pen, is like, hey, kids, you too could break out of jail for this new toy. 
I, I really did, though, enjoy it that we went from him being the arrogant one, making fun of Hayami for something that he knew he didn't do, to him being put in that position and Hayami kind of being able to give it back to him. Like, I, I thought that was very funny. They get chased by this cop who handcuffs them. However, he misses a little <laughs> bit. And so Hayami gets handcuffed on the hand and Akira gets handcuffed on the ankle. So then they land right by this wheelbarrow. So he has to be wheelbarrowed, like just like dick in the wheelbarrow, like legs spread, arms out. Like he's like flying, like, a, like just like wild, like Peter Pan, like low budget, like effects. <laughs> and keeps telling him, hurry up, you can do it. Hurry up. And they hit this pole and they like slam off and the handcuffs are off one of them. And they're like, oh, high five. And the handcuffs get back on him. It's so fucking like that was some cartoon level shenanigans. And I loved it. I loved how well they played it off. It's such a good gag. This is something like Daffy Duck would do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was some Looney Tunes shit. And I'm here for it. And then like, I can't tell us. I mean, carry me and jumps on his back and he does. And then when they're alone, he's like, why do you have me carry you? It's like, oh, don't worry about it. And like <laughs> lasers off their handcuffs. And then um, they hear screaming from the office, which they're near. And they see that Hakemi is um being attacked by toilet paper. And I love the like toilet paper unwrapping and like unfurling and flying effect. It looks so great. <laughs> yep. It's, it's definitely unique. But then they go, and it's time to fight this newspaper guy. He's like, how do these guys know about Darkseid? And fight them, and that's when he loses for the first time. And then, like, they go to the lab, and, like, I think, like, he even says, oh, like, we got here somehow. And then there's toilet paper in the lab, and the man comes there and attacks them, but blasts, supercharges uh, the, like, robots. And as he's, like, beating Kira's ass, um, they show up and they show up like old school, like miniature, like Super Sentai, like Power Ranger stuff, like just like flying in, like going in. It looks great. Yeah. There's this one scene where like um Changeron's in the air, like getting shocked by toilet paper. His sword's out. He like falls down because like the like monsters could attack. And then like the um yellow robot transforms to catch him. And then you just see this massive smile on Jaime's face, like, the happiest, just, like, go lucky, like, the end of Return of the King Hobbit smile on this dude. And <laughs> then they all just, like, fight. And it's like, oh, one's, like, a blue one that can fly. One's a, like, bike. And one's yellow. And it's like, ha, ha, ha. And they just, like, each do one attack. And then he does his finisher. Mm-hmm. My my favorite quote from this set of episodes is in this episode, specifically episode four, where they're they're basically like getting their ass kicked, and then I forget who says it, if it's Akira or Hayami, but he says sometimes it's better to be a living coward than a dead. That hero. was Akira, yes, yeah, and probably the smartest thing he said that was thus far. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> and he just runs away. I personally love how um. When the kid's mom comes back to life, she says, I'll take you to work for me from now on. I was like, that's not tenable. Doesn't work. Yeah. You can't just come to work. Uh, well, that and my other thing was, why didn't you think of this before if it was always an option? Like, why was your default? I don't know. I'll leave him here to, like, talk to toilet paper men. What the fuck, lady? 
unless there's another toilet paper themed monster, your nine year old's fine, I think, just like hanging out at home, you know? Yeah, but I also feel like that's a mm-hmm. a one time too many thing. Okay. I don't know. It's a, my kid's a teenager now, so I I don't have good parenting advice anymore. Mine's just, you know, essentially don't beat them up. It's not okay. And these knights are uh, Cannon Knight, Quake Knight, and Gale Knight. So Gale Knight's blue, Ked Knight's yellow, and Quake Knight is like the red bicycle. And they're just homies. They're just there to hang out. Yeah, pretty much. And I think only one of them even speaks at the end, so. Yeah. Uh, now in episode five, he's the culprit. Which, man, this show, just every episode's been its own different banger. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a ride, no matter what episode you're looking at. But once uh, the like knights show up, they take up so much of the intro, and they have their original sound effect that's super jarring and looks terrible, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a Japanese kid who's wearing his hat sideways on the bus of his mom, and a bunch of other people, and also Kira and Akemi. And then, oh no, Kira spent too much money on the date. But then Darkseid shows up and takes the kid's mom. So he's like, here's 10 bucks, mister. He's like, that's a lot of money to me right now, kid. (laughs) And the three suspects are a young high school cute tennis boy, a housewife, and like a local ramenier. And um, yeah, this is probably one of my favorite episodes out of this stretch. Just because it was so fucking entertaining watching the three of the uh, main characters play off of each other with these like NPCs. And the fact that they didn't actually let you know until the very end who the quote unquote bad guy was. They like let that storyline play out through the uh, episode and they did it in the most entertaining way possible by having all three of them in their own ways kind of like fall in love with these people. And all of them, like, going out of their way to defend them. So it was a really interesting dynamic to watch play out in a show that has kind of seemed a little immature up until this point. Yep. It, it was it was very well done, yeah. I love how it's, like, they each just kind of, like, super fall with these people. It's like, oh, I guess Aerie likes this high school guy. Which was that weird. That sucks. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We don't know how old she That's is. That's true. Or how old he is. That's true. He well, he might have been held back. They keep back. making old jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got held back. He's not going to pull out. I don't know. It, don't. He's he's singing Don't Stand So Close to Me. Uh. <laughs> you meant pull out of high school, right? Oh, drop out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm going to mm. have to give this show a different rating. Pull out your car. You drop out of high school. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, but no, um, for Akira, though, he sees this house. He's like, oh, she's so fucking hot. Her husband's super far away from work. This is great. And he catches this panty snatcher <laughs> immediately. Yeah, yeah, that I loved so much. Like, like I said before, this show has a really great way of kind of pointing out how bad Akira's taste in women is. But the fact that. This entire what are you talking sh- about that lady was hot. Yeah, in this entire show, like being devoted to the fact that, like, he consciously knows this is a bad idea, but like subconsciously he's like tripping hard over this girl. It was just hilarious to watch play out. Because basically, he's like, "Hey, um, I'll do all this work for her. Her husband's far away. Maybe I'll help her not be lonely." And he's like, "Ah, you did that 
Japanese thing of wiping food from my face, which I don't get why that's cool, but culture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, like, this is, like, a very common thing in Japan. Yes. Like, like actually, not just, like, like fictionally, like, actually, yes, like, super common. Like, dudes having affairs with people who aren't their wives, and then their wives are at home having affairs with other dudes who are not their husband. Like, it's super common. Mm. Yeah. A really weird, gross way. Oh, yeah. Um, but... What the fuck do I know? <laughs> We're each having an affair on our other podcasts right now. It's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, is Common uh, Ride with me like the the uh, side piece? Well, not for me, I guess. I only have one podcast. Yeah. I was about to say probably not for you. Like this is your first love. So. Oh. I'm like the guy that owns the uh, the like house that we're in for our like cool eyes wide shut party. Well, okay. I mean. Kind of your Akira, and like me and David are your uh, multiple brides just lining up, waiting to see who's going to be kissed. Is that a thing? Does that work? I don't know. I'm starting a hair of podcast <laughs> guess. I mean, isn't that what we all want in the end? Just a other name for a book club is a harem. <laughs> a podcast harem, if you will. But no, uh, for Jaime, though, he meets uh, this um, like chef by like helping him up this hill because he like tries to like go up this hill and um one cool thing about um urban planning is that in japan they have places for like if you have a card or a bicycle you just like bring it up easily like on like steps and stuff wild that that's not more places but uh, still like he uh helps this like old man then like here's this like sob story but like oh yeah i started this 10 years ago oh and what about your family they died uh 10 years ago they died right my son loved ramen yeah it- 10 years ago my wife loved carts well what's kind of weird to me is like he's kind of letting this story out in these small bursts uh, until like Hayomi like directly pins him and says well what happened to your family and I was kind of like dude you're being a bit intrusive right now and then as soon as the Ramadier answers the question he's like oh man that was really nosy and I was like see I tried to fucking tell you like (laughs) relax I just love how much he falls for it and like in the end it's so sad because like he's like the most into his person for like the most like pure reasons too yeah, that's, like, oh no and that's mm-hmm. why i keep calling him a himbo because he has all the characteristics of a superhero but he's so fucking naive and it's cute but on the other hand you just want to shake him and be like please like you know monsters exist in the world why do you think that everyone who speaks to you is automatically telling the truth all three of our like main characters though like accuse the other of like your person must be the monster and you're way too close to them. Oh yeah, they all act stupid. The kid comes like, I spent ten dollars on this. Also there's a weird smell. And then like the monster like attacks this like lady and she like twitches really weird. And like the guys chase it and like they get thrown off this bridge from Hibiki. And <laughs> um <laughs> so Hami's like Afraid of heights, he's like holding onto Akira, and then what happens is uh, Akira stabs the monster in the hand with his uh CG pen, and then he's like, "We're both gonna fall, so I'm gonna take my pants off so you fall." I was about to say, can we talk about the <laughs> fact that he starts to undo his pants, and we're still gonna pretend that there aren't like intentional gay references between these two? <laughs> like, if you want me to save I your life, it. the pants are coming off. Just saying. <laughs> 
I love that. I love that. I am. He's just like, don't take off your pants. It'll be embarrassing. <laughs> Look, I didn't want our first time to be off the side of a bridge. Can we negotiate? Oh, no, you don't need pants to be a hero. Uh, Just, yeah, it's it's not even subtext compared to no, like other it's, shows. It's right in your face and it's insane. And then he's like. Oh, well, if you buy me 10 banana parfaits, that's fine. It's like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's parfait deliveries. I'm totally sure that's not a euphemism for something else. But can we also talk about the fact that, like, the kid in this entire episode is the most responsible person? Yes, of course. Like, like he has no issue consistently reminding the quote-unquote adults around him, like, hey, you're fucking up. I paid you to do a job. Can you get on to that? Yeah, no. And then, um... There's this random cut of um this weird PS1 muscle lady <laughs> on a billboard. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about that. I had the exact same it's thought. Very weird. Just voxels out to here, just like boobily, muscly, just lady. So we see that Aerie takes her date to the Robin cart and is like surprised to see Hayami there. And then also Kira has taken lady shop because i have great endurance and like they show up too and they're all like oh huh? you're here but they all have hurt hands of course yeah of course which right. it, on one hand i was like okay that's kind of annoying but on the other hand i was like okay what a good way to kind of like pull this storyline out a little bit more and kind of shed a little mm -hmm. bit more doubt because i don't know about you guys but when this first started i was absolutely convinced that the bored housewife was going to be the monster um, just because she was Me so too. over yeah. the top. Yeah, so I, I kind of appreciated that they kept like throwing these little loops in here or there where you're just like, oh, well, maybe. Oh, well, maybe. And because there were um, also one or two scenes where the tennis boy kind of looked like he might be able to be the culprit. So it, they really did a good job of like playing that out without being as over the top with it as they have been with like the other story beats. So the kid remembers he smelled garlic from before. And like one thing to note that the show does is apparently in the next time on, it'll have scenes that aren't in the next episode. So like there's a scene in the next time on before this episode. It's like shows him like talking about like how ramen with garlic gives you power. And it's like not in the episode. And like there's also one for next time that um we'll get to, but the kid was like, Oh, and then like they have to follow him through power lines and like, it goes two ways, so they like each go a direction, like and then like Hayami finds the kid in the monster and like just like I was gonna be change rod and pulls it and extended upon just fights him. Yep. I do love like once they find out that like the ramen guy is the fucking evil dude, his transformation like secret code where just go ramen <laughs> and then he changes into the fucking dude. Yeah, no. It makes perfect sense, though, because I kind of feel that way every time I eat ramen, so. <laughs> but yeah, like you're saying, fucking <laughs> Hayami, if he had become Change Around, would probably just whip everyone's ass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, he was very much built for that role, and he has, like, the discipline to do it, and he would have been really phenomenal at it, but I, I think that that's probably why they made, a, like, a character who didn't give a fuck. Because they play off of each other really right. well in that way. They blow his arm off with a cannon. As you do. Yep. And win. 
But he also did a Falcon drive-by on the fucking car when he showed up. Yes, that is true. On the bike. <laughs> drove up with fist cocked and just popped him. Like, if you get punched from a motorcycle, that's disrespect. True. It's true. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to recover from that. So this episode has, like, the most, like, wholesome of the endings because, um, um, like, the, like, kids, like, with his mom, at least mom just, like, gets revived in the house, like, oh, she's back where she belongs in the house. <laughs> I was like, what is this about? But uh... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, and she doesn't, like, really say anything, despite the fact that these people literally, like, saved her from death and reunited her with her son. It's still very much focused on him, which... Honestly, is its own kind of funny story beat, so uh, I'll let it go. He says he'd like Chageron, so Kira says, oh, you're smart. You'll be a doctor someday. And then like, like Airplane folds his money back to him and says, my fees are too high, kid. Pay me when you're older. Yeah. Which is a good little beat. I thought it was cute because it, it showed, like, I think this entire time they've been, like, in a very ham-handed way trying to show some kind of character growth for him. And this, I I feel like, is the very first genuine moment we see from him where it's like, okay, he might actually be able to turn it around in the end because he's showing some real sensitivity here where he hasn't before. It works with, like, the next episode, like, too, because it's just like, oh, like this is, like, the most serious episode, but um, episode six, um, I'm sorry, Jiro. Um, it has this moment in the next time on, like, leading to it where they show Changer on... He's in his office as Changerod, his sword out, as Jiro's on the bed asleep, like on the couch. And that's not in the episode. It's like a like tone piece to like set things up. And it's like, this show can do good emotion it wants to. It's actually kind of wild to me. Yeah. And it, this was, it, of the six we've watched so far, probably was not only one of my favorite episodes, but that was my favorite of our villains so far. Just because... Uh, in all of them, we've gotten some really, really great storylines, but we didn't have any kind of, like, backstory or anything that was, like, really pointing to their motivations. So the fact that we finally got a villain that was a little bit more complex, she definitely stood out to me, and I loved the hell out of this entire episode from start to finish. Mm -hmm. We start with Akira having pain of A, like, toothache, and then Eli's like, I, I don't want spicy food. This one, I was like, man. This guy writes so much Kamen Rider this. It's like a big plot point in Fies. It's like something that like he's spicy food. He's basically like um the dad from Kiva. He's just like this dude right here. <laughs> he's just keep it getting written later on. Um but then like he runs away from his office, throws his like ice pack, breaks a woman's tarp of goods, and then watches her as she steals some paint from a store and like wants to have lipstick. And then, like, almost immediately becomes obsessed with her, which I thought was a little bizarre. Yeah, but she's pretty, and she was all born yesterday, so it's, like, all sexy to him. Ah, this woman that doesn't know enough to think I'm an asshole. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. She asks, he asks her her name, and she's, like, looks at a P, and is, like, P, looks at a tear, is, like, tear, and then sees a griffin, is, like, griffin. Just like Peter Griffin, that's my name. <laughs> yeah, that's how I remembered it too. Except, just in my version, uh, a little girl was calling her dog Jiro, and she decided that was a good enough name. So he was like, "Oh, you have a dog's name." But you and I might have watched like differently dubbed episodes. I have no idea. Yeah, true. 
and also like love to this just like full-on like because of Win dixie like oh my dog's named after this like oh like i can't believe like you're like named like the dog's name but <laughs> you know yeah and that's all the issue i'm gonna raise with this from here on out okay this starts with it can be being mad about this then also um like there's all these shots of like men enjoying sweets and dying <laughs> yeah this show's so off the wall it's almost like hard to be like oh man they really like to have catty women but it's like a notable thing but also the show's so weird that i'm not even sure if that's like bad <laughs> i don't know i kind of feel like just it, this show has already taken us so many different directions that i don't feel like there's any one thing you can point to and say this is a weird thing because it's constantly topping itself in its absurdity um so yep. yeah you could say that yeah they've got like this negative view on how whatever for example females act but then they also have just as many examples of how non-females act in situations so it's not you can't ever really hate any of it and you just kind of have to accept it for what it is and that's absurd yeah true um and to show the delicate balance of men and women uh he takes her to an arcade and tries to get her a stuffed cat and then gets yelled at by hayabi who's like uh oh, what are you doing with this woman like <laughs> Kebby so sad and then like is like okay here's my Psydoc credit card yeah just it, that's the thing about Hayami and that's why he makes such a great himbo is because Akira and probably most of the people around him have figured out that if you tell him a sad enough story he'll do anything for you it's pretty well established by this point so he's a great like like stand up good guy character but he's also so fucking easily manipulated and just he just is so dumb mm -hmm. <laughs> so cute but so dumb and they do a nice fashion show and he's like ah you look great in white and and black and orange i'll take the ball yeah charge it to the card and like, there's like music playing in the background too it's great um but then like they go to dinner he's like you're a good woman and then that's why he's helping her he's like no, dude. But then, like, she leaves and gives him a cup, and she, she's followed by Akemi, who's like, huh, I know I suspect her. And then she, like, vanishes. And we see, like, more stuff. Like, an army cram school guy, like, at got. We see, like, her be like, I like to eat good men. <laughs> and then the uh, crab general shows up and says, I know you don't know me, but I'm in charge of you. Watch out for Changer on. I was gonna ask, just because once again this is one of those situations where i feel like i might have missed something if i looked away from the screen a second is this someone that we've seen before like we know he has some kind of authority or is she just assuming that in the first episode the monster treats him with some reverence and is trying to revive them mm. but since we haven't seen any other monsters interact with them so we don't know gotcha okay i just wanted to make sure like i said i'm always afraid that i missed something in my viewing so i'm just calling them the generals because there's three of them and they seem to be in charge oh yeah somewhat. and they don't have names that one was probably the uh jeffrey epstein of the uh bezos gates and epstein billionaires so oh well um <laughs> when kebi tells kakira that he was taking a monster on dates he's like you're just jealous and then i'm gonna go bike over by the sea in terrible outfits like this bandana <laughs> 
is great. Never again will that be fashionable, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So we learned from our offline or, or off mic chat that David actually knows that park. Yes, I do. Oh, really? I know exactly where that place is. It's like 10 minutes from my house. I can go take a picture in like 20 minutes. <laughs> I told him that because he said that he recognized a couple of these locations. I was like, hey, send pictures. That'd be awesome. Make sure you're wearing the same outfit, though. The same bandana. Especially the bandana. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go. I'll have to go buy a bandana. Yeah, I'll have to go buy a, a Bloods bandana. Uh, <laughs> hey, you got to rep my hood, right? Of course. The Bloods in the dark side. At it again. Yep. So, uh, you can donate to a common right. No, I'm just joking. But yeah. Um. So then, um, Akira tells um Jiro, "Hey, you're like the sky. You're cloudy. Want to be my secretary?" <laughs> Which is what every girl wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Cloudy with a chance. Sexual harassment. That's what I always say. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. That's just part of the job description. He gets scolded by more people. He's like, I don't like being scolded when I'm clearly going to get killed. And then, like, he, like, gets his cup, like, tossed away by her again. And then, like, Hayomi gets, like, the cup and, like, fugues out. And then, like, it saves. And one other trope, like, my second trope of the night is, uh, after the detective and his long-term um, secretary that won't get married, uh, but they would, has to be the, like, two superheroes that, like, fight and they each get wounds and, like, see each other. Like, oh, I know what that wound is from. And they fight and get wounds. And then they're like, oh, I see the wound. We're opposed. <laughs> they, um, I mean, for a, an entire, like, quote-unquote love storyline that played out over the course of an episode... I really feel like they did this in a great way. Like, obviously, he has some mm-hmm. issues by getting as attached to her as he did, despite the fact that she probably said five words the entire episode. But the way that they did, like, the ending to this in kind of showed, like, she did have genuine affection for him and he for her. It was a really, really great way to end it. And, like, his finishing move... Even the way he does it, you can tell that, like, he didn't want to. There was, like, genuine emotion there. So for a show that up to this point has been complete absurdity, just to inject that much emotion in it with so little, like, storyline was really, really cool. And the way, like, part of his, like, suit gets shattered and they meet in the room and she's, like, yelling and she wrecks it. And then she's, like, trying to run, but then he confronts her and like, uh, I have to stop before you can kill more people. And, like, just, she fades into, like, golden dust, because of course she would. Of course. Yep. Of course. Yeah. And then, uh, he takes the cat stuffy and says, return to the sky, the cloudy sky. Which I I'm, I think was trying to come off a lot more deep than it was, but it was just like, okay, that you're kind of just I'm changing around and this is deep. Yeah. It it was another one of those himbo moments. So I was just like, okay, I get what you're going for, but eh, kind of missing the mark on that. And then um Akemi comes back and her like Florida Keys dress is like, hey, and he's like, Why did God make Dark Side and why did he make me change her? Okay. <laughs> That's that fucking thing is so absurd. I'm not even gonna comment on. I want to know though. 
where did she get a dress that looked like it was Gucci made, but on the bottom of it said just Florida keys? Like Japan. Uh, well, no, I, I I get that. But is it part of like Japan um like kind of paying homage to Western culture that they would just put a random series of a thousand islands yes, yes, yes. on a dress? Yes. Okay. A, a- a billion okay, percent. Just making sure the amount of people that I see have like University of Delaware oh. <laughs> or like I went to California t-shirts oh. and it's like what are you <laughs> talking about? And gotcha. like no you didn't. Gotcha. I I feel like for me living in Texas it'd be like if I wore a hoodie and was like, yeah, I totally graduated from the University of Vancouver. It would be just innocuous enough that people would be like, oh, you did really? And I'd be like, no, that's not even, that's not possible. Like, like, let me put it to you this way. Yeah. I had a kid who was in fifth grade, like a year ago, and he every day would wear a hoodie that had MTV on it. MTV hasn't existed for like a fucking decade. And somehow he just had a random MTV shirt. And it was like. A thing that had came out in Japan like that year, because <laughs> I'd seen it at shops. It's like a thing where it's like, um, a couple of years ago there was like a Korean like semi-pro or like whatever like tennis player that was like getting scouted in high school and like his like tennis bag said "upgrade cock" on it. Nice. Hmm. Well, I there's a brand in Japan called Milk Fed which really has so many connotations in English, <laughs> but I don't think that they... No, I love it, though, because I, um, I, I have a confession. In my uh, young teenage days, when I turned 18, I got a tattoo, and it was a kanji because, you know, of course, I'm, I'm very white. Yeah, and, same thing. And decided that it was going to be, like, you know, a great cultural nod. Um, and it's actually still pretty good-looking, but I... Got it thinking that it was something called, it meant like spirit. So I was. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. It's probably not as bad as you're thinking it is. So I was uh, working in aviation at the time and I was like leaned over to get a cup of coffee and this guy comes in and he's like a, a PhD engineer and he's like, did you know you have a ghost on your neck? And I was like, Tom, what the fuck are you talking about? It was like your kanji. It means ghost. I was like, well, it was meant to mean spirit, but I mean, close enough. So I've got a ghost on my neck just to break it down for everybody. When you said Tom, I thought you were about to say like Tamashi. Yes, that that might be his full name. He went by Dr. Dr. Tom in our company because it's obviously an American company. And on top of that, to make it worse, it's a Texas company. But I also do remember just, you know, apropos of nothing, hearing him in a meeting one time, and I wasn't in the meeting. I literally heard him, like, screaming this from outside. But he was like, I might have been born in Hong Kong, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> and I was like, you get it, boy. Is, is it this kanji? Um, so, yeah, that's when I learned the truth about my, uh, my very uh, classy kanji that I have on my neck. When you watch enough shows for, like, five-year-olds like Steph like you'll be like ah tabashi means soul sometimes <laughs> but yes uh but no um has David put the right kanji in the chat there I don't know because there's like a million different ways yeah you probably put it 
Danny Fetto. I kind of want that sweater though. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry for just taking us completely off the rails there, guys. Apologies. Um, speaking of um off the rails, did you guys see that uh Kanye West got banned from Yu-Gi-Oh the other day? From Yu-Gi-Oh! What? Yeah. Um they like updated their um ban list for like people banned from Yu-Gi-Oh! And I guess like he is banned for 35 years from like competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! Get fucked. Exactly. Nerd. Well, I didn't even know he played. That. I mean, I guess to the I... shadow realm for you, bitch. <laughs> oh, he's on the way. He's yeah. Uh... I I shouldn't be too surprised that he plays that, but on the other hand, I'm absolutely surprised that he does. Um, but I mean, at this point, nothing too bad for him. <laughs> okay, I have a good. This is a good shirt uh, right here. Okay. Oh, uh, this is. I would I would wear the fuck out of this shirt. Warding, I'm Captivity Man. Back police was chase. Danger. Run away. Warning, I'm Captivity Man is pretty is pretty good. I love it. Would I shout when I transform, you know? Just uh <laughs> Warding, I'm Captivity Man. Captivity Man. Well, our new dude uh shouts out scintillation when he transforms. So I'm thinking Scintillate. that if I was able to transform into another form, it'd be something like sensual seduction and then i transform what's your uh your henchin um phrase david <laughs> you got one you said that like you were afraid to ask <laughs> my henchin phrase good question um god i don't know i would have to be a themed hero of some kind before i can give you an answer like that well steph said sensual seduction i said i'm captivity man maybe i did something like well it, to be fair mine was from a snoop dog song so i don't know if that really counts as like anything original maybe i shout like i'm using the stairs and like austin powers like pretend i'm like, going downstairs but i'm like transforming yeah or like maybe mine could be from the office like my how the turntables of oh shit these balls are made for walking <laughs> as you say david <laughs> yeah unless you can think something better that's your catchphrase. I'll I'll come I'll come back. I was back about to, to say you. yeah, because David does say that all the time that his balls are made for walking. My balls are made for walking, <laughs> and that's why I have two. <laughs> one of these days I'll have one, and you'll have nothing else to chew. I don't know why you don't go into parodies, Kip. Honestly, you just have such a brain for this. I'm always making like bad songs. The other day I was like, fried beer, deep chicken. <laughs> like to myself you could like be like hour. the uh weird kip yankovic of this generation i i want my my henchin like clip when i transform to just be today's satan oh yeah i love that and that's, that's perfect that is like a year from being like a common rider thing like today <laughs> hero today dinosaur yeah. today satan well, yep. One of the uh, guys at my work, you know, we have to do like Zoom calls all the time because we're all work from home. But he has a coffee mug that says, maybe today, Satan. And every time he like raises it to his lips when we're in a meeting, I, I cannot keep it together. So I feel like that's in a very similar vein. Like, oh, yeah. Yes, today, Satan. We're doing this. <laughs> yeah. But what were we talking about? Oh. Yeah, Change Your Odd. What were we talking? I- I'm so confused. <laughs> we finished the sixth <laughs> episode of Change Your Odd, and we upgraded some cocks, and we 
talked about some good things and we've and we transform. Well, as long as we're upgrading cocks, that's all we need to really do out of life. Yeah. Uh <laughs> my battle shot. My hatchet phrase is jelk. That's what I say when I Jelk. 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 And my arch rival, Bible Man. Uh, <laughs> I I want to watch that anime so bad. There's an anime for Bible Man? I, I, if there isn't, there should be. Oh, if you don't know, one second. This is the last tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. I'm not lying here. I say that Bible Man might be on par with Inspector Gadget for something we should we should look at. But uh so that's Bible Man. Yes, please. Oh I I know a Bible Man. <laughs> David is Bible Man, you just didn't know. David is Bible Man is that is like, oh, when David touched fingers of God, he became Bible Man. <laughs> that's what I'm putting in the wiki. He has like a shitty lightsaber and stuff. It's like an action packed traumatic adventure based on God's word. You know how much there's like there's not a funnier and less appealing phrase for me. I'm sorry, but uh, what is terminating the toxic tonic of disrespect is probably the best catchphrase that ever existed. I'm joining this cult and you can't stop me. That's what I say when I become like a very like micromanaging like boss. I I believe that. Yeah. No, uh, that's Changer on though, not Bible Man, not joking. It's Changer on. Yeah, and if you guys thought that we were exaggerating with how absurd we were during the show, I challenge you to watch it because we were not nearly mm-hmm. like one tenth as ridiculous as this series has been so far. I assume people are watching along, or at least like watching after. But there are some percentage of people that, like aren't watching at all. It's like, man, this sounds great. <laughs> I like to hope, yeah. As always, though, at the end, um, talk about next time, which is uh, the next five episodes, episodes uh, seven through 11. And uh, get a free Slurpee of that. And then uh, for our uh, big questions, though, who's everybody's top three favorite characters? Let's go Steph, Dave, and me in this. Okay, cool. Um, So my top three favorite characters were definitely, I, and I can't remember her, the names of most of these characters yet because we're just into it, so I apologize. Um, but number one is a ferocious little kid who was absolutely not having anybody's shit and kept telling them, go look for my mom. Um, other favorite is the, uh, I, I wrote in my notes, the tempting housewife, but honestly could have just been like the manipulative housewife or whatever you want to call her because she absolutely like was having Akira do her laundry and wash her bathroom and just doing all the things. And he was happy to do it. So good for him. Um, And finally, Hayomi, just entirely for the whole scene where he was going, hey, Miss Pudding, you want to eat pudding with me? Absolutely top favorite character. Mm. What do you think, David? Um, I'm going to go with... Toilet paper monster as number three. Okay. Cause he he was just he was wilding out. Um then Hayami as number two. And I have to give it to Akira. Just like from from the first five seconds of that fucking theme song, where there's just like that like 
it's like maybe even like a fraction of a second of a clip of him driving in that fucking green Citroen. He takes a bite of an apple and just like laughs <laughs> maniacally. Yes. I knew immediately. I'm like, all right, here we go. So yeah, he's he's my number one. He's such he's such a fucking scumbag mm-hmm. prick, and I love it. Yeah, that's that's good. He's he's a perfect character. Uh, I really like Hayami a lot. Um, I like the like one like dragon weird like rotund general that's just like hanging out. Mm-hmm. But um, number two has to be Young Gonza. Just everything. He's like this yes. man who holds onto his pipe because he has no authority. And um, I want to say my number one is Akira, but also Inoue, the writer. Yeah. Pretty good character. I never expected he'd pull out the old toilet paper monster. He did. And just to this day, um, he's behind uh, the currently airing Sentai Don Brothers, which everybody's wild about right now. I watch Don Brothers every week. Isn't it freaking great? It's it's so goofy in a way that's great. Like, I don't want to get into we we can we can talk about it yeah. after the the cast, but yeah, it's it's weird. No, but you could see the line of plot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, go look at the Don Brothers theme song. In fact, I'll just go find it for you and link link it to you. Who uh, Steph may have not seen seen it. It yeah, it's. Oh, it's fucking stuck in my brain now. <laughs> dun, 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 yeah. Oh, fuck. What have I done to myself? <laughs> yeah, no. He's basically like the like dude they like keep in reserve to write stuff. He's partially responsible for like the crossover multiverse Common Rider movies, like primarily being about rewriting the ending to one show to get like an actor he likes back. Basically. So, you know. I kind of dig that. But maybe harder question. What was everyone's favorite tokusatsu? Oh, I know my answer. You go first then. This one's easy. Uh, When he's fighting the toilet paper monster and it whips him into the fucking truck and it explodes. (laughs) A lot of good explosions here. Yep. That's mine. What about you, Steph? (sighs) Does it count if I say when uh, he and Hiyomi were hanging off of the bridge? Yeah, that's a stunt. Yeah, I, I, it's probably not the best one, but I just enjoyed that whole interaction so much. I really appreciate um, both his little breast implant butt cheeks <laughs> and um, how in the second fight, he's like fought one time and he's like told the first fight like, oh, here's this power you have and here's the sword you have. And in the second fight, he just he just randomly says gun laser as if he just knows it instinctually and then pulls a cd from his chest puts it in the gun <laughs> i love that that's so dumb it is and there were so many steps involved with it and that was once again another time where i was like did i miss something in the explanation that he like instinctually knows to do that but clearly i didn't so that's good to know. i don't want somebody to just write a story it's like oh this guy transforms i want them to have to use all the dumb like toys and everything and yeah it's so fun I didn't comment on it during the thing, but, like, I just love that he, in the second episode, after he, like, you know, shoots the guy with the bullet in the first episode, his fucking stand chest bullet, he he literally just goes, gun! And then a gun <laughs> appears, and I'm like, how did he know he has a exactly. gun? Exactly. 
maybe. I love that. And the other time he's like, claw. And I'm like, he has claws now? And then he just slices the dude's arms off. And I'm like, fuck, okay. <laughs> maybe he's kind of experimenting with it too and just randomly shouting out things that he hopes he can do. Well, honestly, though, like, at that point, too, like, he's got no manual. He's told the team to fuck off. So he just, like, knows. He's like, oh, man, I have to. <laughs> I should know this. Um, And our hardest question, best outfit. Oh, this isn't a harder question. This is an easy-ass question. All right, what do you got? The, the fucking bandana red top combo, <laughs> man. That man blooded out as fuck. Not the pedophile, like... <laughs> Um, like suit the panty suit just the, like bad guy suit <laughs> I you know what I, I am kind of partial to the leather pants leather shirt leather everything look but uh, I gotta say the the just the fucking bandana the red bandana red jacket thing is just like what what about you Steph uh, for me it has to be Jiro's like uh, very eastern European costume style um yeah I, I, they're romani inspired yeah i i wanted to say like kind of uh like romani inspired but obviously you start to get into some like problematic aspects if you start to dive too deep on that with ignorance which for me it would absolutely be ignorance but it very much was a, like reminiscent of like some Eastern European fairy tales that I've like heard throughout the ages. And I admired that they did that for her style just so well. And she played it like perfectly, like kind of being to herself and being soft-spoken and going on about her own way. I just, I really loved that altogether. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's hard. There's so many good outfits. There's just like the pipe guy. Right. There's Hayami's stupid like jumpsuit and badge. Um, that fucking badge, man. Man, Kemi has like a ton of great outfits. Like her like Florida Keys dress. Her like weird like blue romper. Uh, but I gotta say, it's gotta go to the main outfit. Making your main character have leather baggy pants and like a leather vest. That's too good. Yeah, for sure. And like we got those sunglasses on inside and that silencer out. Damn. That's a good look. <laughs> yeah, I mean for a show that was and is as absolutely chaotic as this one has been up to this point, it actually has a lot of places where it ties the story together. And I was not expecting that because it came in from the beginning with so much chaos. I really was just thinking oh gosh well kip introduced us to like a, a you know real life version of a tom and jerry cartoon but it it is surprisingly like deep in some ways that i was not prepared for so i, I i'm having a blast and i'm excited to see what happens uh, i just remembered the scene in uh episode four or like three where they're handcuffed and they go along the like wire like <laughs> the things at the park yeah. the, like, <laughs> and the cop comes after them on a zip line too <laughs> just yelling at them. Yeah, i love that cop though honestly i probably should have named him as one uh, of my favorite characters in this arc just because he is so fucking relentless and it's hilarious just kind of watching the shenanigans that happen from that chase uh big question for you guys do you think i was 
uh, truthful when I told you what the show was. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like because you warned mm-hmm. us that it was going to be weird and it was going to be something that was kind of unlike anything we've talked about up to this point. And obviously there wasn't a whole lot you could give away without kind of giving away just the absolute absurdity of the show. And I didn't even know, to be fair. I, I kind of walked into it dreading it a lot more than I should have because it has turned out to be so super fun. So that was one of, uh, that's probably a personal issue with me. Like if someone says, Oh, this might be a little bit weird. My first thought is, Oh God, I'm going to hate this so much. And then, you know, I ended up just having a blast. So I am glad we're liking the show. Cause I was like worried. Like I like, had that whole like out to be like, Oh, if we don't like this show, we can go watch the show. But <laughs> I think we're in this. <laughs> yeah. I feels agree. like it. Yeah. Can you believe this show got less episodes and got canceled? What were kids thinking in, in 1996? Well, hey, whoa, whoa, yeah, hang on. We're, we're six episodes in. Don't get too crazy. <laughs> if they, I don't see how they could mess this up. It has to be, if it just goes downhill wildly, that's almost better. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because it feels like it. We've had some really great moments, but my expectations still aren't that high. So even if we watch the next few episodes and it just goes completely off the rails, I'll just be like, oh, well, that was fun. Uh, Here we are, everyone. And questions answered. A lot said about this show. Where will find you, Steph, when you're uh, not talking about Tokusatsu? You can absolutely come find me on www.arcademilitia.com. Um, if you haven't by this point, definitely less listen to the Nightmare on episode, Nightmare on Elm Street episode that Kip and I just recorded because we had a lot of fun with that one and one of my favorite movies of all time. So uh, give that a check and that's it for me. Yeah. And David, when when you're promising a blood hole not to talk about locations in Japan, fashion in Japan or dating in Japan, I will find you. Well, I talk about none of those things typically, so... Oh, damn, fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we talk about it, like, semi-occasionally. Um, but, no, uh, you can find me at the Tokyo Fresh podcast on both Instagram and now YouTube, because we're on there every week now. We're kind of gearing up our video portion, so Sweet. you can check us out there. Uh, it will actually be... Well, it won't matter, because this will go up next week, but we are live there every Saturday. If we can help it. Um, yeah. Probably in the first year you talked everything about like, oh man, we talked about like dating in Japan a lot, huh? Gotta yep. Go on to next mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no. Um, you can find me on twitter.com at jhforge. You can find the podcast that copyright me on social media. There's company.com for episodes and articles. There's company.com slash merch uh, for links out to our merch. Uh, there's company.com slash episodes links out to episodes uh, on different platforms. Please rate review on Apple and Spotify. If you want your own uh, Chokusatsu hero, please review on Apple Podcasts because, no offense, a lot of you guys sending questions, comments, or whatever, way more than have um, put in their review. So if you want uh, some uh, participation and some creativity, uh, I promise I won't make you scream jelk when you transform. Uh, but I'll <laughs> do that. But today, everybody, I guess, what do we learn? Oh. <laughs> Boy. Um, 
No, I no that I say no, but I I learned that it's better to be a living coward than a dead hero. That would that was my wisdom for today. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh man, this is tough. I'm gonna say that I learned that you are never ever going to get good karma if you kick a Doshin out of nowhere. <laughs> Puppy. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the most distressing part of all this. I've learned there's always a theremin. That's, yeah, true. 